So uh, I want to share on this aspect of this kingdom mindset. So when we kind of like look at uh, the last one and a half years, uh, it's been a difficult time uh, for all of us. And uh, many times, like we can just look back and say, uh, in a sense, like what a year it has been like. uh, uh, But in the midst of all that, we can also look back and say, Lord, what an amazing God you are also. So uh, because we have sensed uh, his peace, his strength, his provision, uh, his healing also. Know, in the midst of these uh, difficult times. Uh, we know this verse which says in Matthew 6, 31 to 34, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And many times, like, I feel that, uh, you know, the last one and a half years or so, God has been trying, maybe God is trying to get our attention to seek him. So it, it seems like we may all have been running after so many other things, like that this verse is speaking about, like, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about what you shall eat or drink, where, you know. And so in many ways, because that's what has maybe happened, like, and God is trying to get our attention to say, seek me. And when you seek me, in me is everything, you know. So seems to be like that, like, uh, to helping us to and to for us to know that we cannot run after these things, depend on these things, you know, feel secure in these things, but our security is in Him, and so He's asking us like to seek Him. So, in a sense, like we've maybe in many ways tried to provide for ourselves through all these aspects that this verse is speaking about, you know, but. In, in a way, God is saying that our attention needs to be on him, our provider. No matter how much, yeah, it's possible. That's our human tendency. Though we know God, but we know that we need these things. And many times we run after these things more than we run after God. You know, And uh, to, for us to know that all these things are found in him. In seeking his kingdom is all provision. Not only on this earth, even eternal life. That's the amazing God that we worship this morning. Author of life. like Wonderful one, beautiful one, creator God. And so in many ways, he is drawing us uh, to a place to to know him in, in a deeper way. To walk with him. And just as Sunita was saying, saying, like to have that childlike faith, to just depend uh, on him. And so what does it mean to have to seek his kingdom and his righteousness? Like, no? uh, uh, so to know his heart, to know and to live with his perspective, like, so that as we seek his kingdom, which is everything for us, uh, we shall be blessed 
not just in material ways, but we'll have eternal treasures here in here on earth. And not only we will be blessed, but we will live our lives as a blessing to people also. So it's so amazing to just read that Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So we want to just, uh, just look at two or three aspects from a particular parable and uh, understand what it means to seek his kingdom. Now, what it means to have a kingdom uh, mindset. I'll be reading uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and send them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour. They said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is God. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Sudhir. Yeah. Thanks so much. So we just understand uh, from this particular parable that the vineyard of the owner uh, like, is the kingdom of God. Okay, And uh, there is an invitation to work or to be part of the kingdom of God. And the land owner is God himself. So we want to just learn three aspects from this particular uh, parable. So what does it mean? to seek his kingdom or to have a kingdom mindset. Uh, This is to understand that God's heart is for all people, all people that they would experience him and his kingdom and his life. And it's so 
amazing to just see that god the father you know he goes out early in the morning he goes out at 9 am goes out at 12 pm he goes out at 3 pm and he even goes out you know at 5 pm 5 in the evening an hour before i mean you call it like it's a day kind of like the day's work is over even one hour before that he he goes you know to the marketplace and he wants to bring those people who are idle and it's and it seems like they're wasting away their lives he wants to draw them into his kingdom so that they will find work and uh, he can they can partner with him in the work of the kingdom right? so amazing to he wants them to be part of this kingdom i was thinking like you know even in this aspect we see god as an amazing worker also you know? he is not like you know putting an advertisement saying that i need workers he is not like you know uh, sending his worker outside saying go call them he goes himself and i was just thinking you no know, uh, you know the gospel when the father knew that we were destroying our lives he didn't send a message or an angel but he sent his son who lived with us died for us and brings us into his kingdom what an amazing god we have god's heart is for all people you know i would you know here also like uh, when you go to the marketplace at uh, that place where you get workers in hindi it's called naka you know naka that that's they you so early morning if you go you'll find these people all daily wage workers wanting to be employed you know? and if someone picks them for a day week or a month that means their family will be looked after you know they that means like uh, their family will be fed they will have work for that day or for that week or for that month and they're looking forward and you can imagine like people who've been there till 12 o'clock would be on the verge of losing hope people who've been there till 5 they'd have thought that's it this day my family will not have food or it's so difficult you know to go back empty handed but god goes at 5 pm also and i was just thinking that here is a god who is not looking at profit he is not worried about return on investment roi no no he is worried about people wasting their lives destroying their lives sitting idle and he wants to get them into his kingdom he is people focused not business focused or profit focused and he knows and we know all this that that when we are people focused then our business will prosper okay that is true when you look after the welfare of your people your business will prosper so we see he is a generous and lavish god you know wanting to partner and share his wealth with people who are there outside i was just thinking that uh, in all the people that he has employed there would be two groups of people you know there may be two groups of people. one group may be thinking my boss is so foolish he has no business sense at all like what is he doing he's no business sense he's, he will waste all his wealth away such you know bad strategies he will very soon he'll go bankrupt it's very unfortunate that i have to work for a boss like this maybe like a group of people may but another group may be there there who may be thinking my boss is so kind and good he's giving work and he's being a blessing to these people and their families he's such a great man how fortunate we are 
to have a boss like this and so you know the first thing that you know we want to just learn uh, is to ask ourselves this question you know would we also have that heart to go out for all people you know to be his ambassadors to see people you know into the kingdom of god would we carry his heart would we share give invite partner you know work hard in a sense be foolish to see people into his kingdom so that they would experience life strength and security hope and joy in his kingdom would we carry his heart god's heart is for all people even in these difficult times to see them into his kingdom i was about uh, about a month back i was talking to a pastor's daughter and she was telling me that uh, she had a friend you know with whom uh, she grew up with and he was 22 years old and in the second wave like in two consecutive days he lost his father and his mother due to covid and two months after that he committed suicide and she was so heartbroken uh, that uh, that that this family and this friend of hers did not experience what the life in god the strength and the peace and the security in god and so we realize that the enemy is out there to keep people idle and to lead them to destruction but god is working you know through us and he will use us as his ambassadors to see people into his kingdom that's his heart that's the heart of the land owner he didn't want anyone to waste their lives away that's the first aspect that we want to just learn the second aspect that we want to learn in this particular uh, parable is that god's reward is the privilege to work god's reward is a privilege uh, to work that's what like it says here so when those came who were hired first they expected to receive more but each one of them also received a denarius when they received it they began to grumble against the landowner these who were hired last worked only one hour they said and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day the question we need to ask ourselves is what is the reward the pay or the privilege to work the privilege to work in his kingdom or the privilege to belong to his kingdom you know the fact that these people were invited and given the opportunity to work able to earn and be a blessing to their families you know were enough reasons for them to have a heart of gratitude but they grumbled but they grumbled and so what we realize is the feeling of belonging the opportunity to participate you know the opportunity to partner together it cannot be given a value it cannot be given a value so everything in life is not about what we do and what we get and because that cannot be compared to this aspect that we belong to his family and we have him as our father and we can walk with him as the uh, as sunita was sharing we can have we can walk with him like a child because we know that our future is secure you know his love is unconditional over us that has no value and if we go to think about it 
you know, for us to understand, for us to experience the value of all this, it was expensive for him. He had to lay down the life of his only son who was sacrificed on the cross for us. For us to experience the joy of belonging, the joy of participation, the, the sense of security, the sense of acceptance and love that we receive being part of his kingdom that cannot be compared to any other kind of reward. That itself is the reward that is given to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. If we look at like the workers who were called at 5 p.m., they were not called and given money. They were called to work. If they are just given money, that's charity. But the opportunity to participate, the opportunity to partner together, that's the most important thing. Being valued and being given the opportunity to participate. That has much greater value. Okay. And so I think like we need to grow as we look at our lives. We need to grow in our understanding of the grace of work. What are we working for? Is it, is it just for the pay or recognition or for position? But God gives us the grace to work, to participate. The, we need to grow in our understanding of partnership, contribution, belonging. And so, uh, so these people who were hired the first, they began to grumble. They were angry. But they missed out on this aspect that, that the whole day, they had that sense of security. That they will be looked after, their family will be looked after. So they missed seeing that. And yet they began to grumble because they didn't, they expected more. So I, I just want to say that like, you know, even as we, uh, who are part of God's kingdom or would want to be part of God's kingdom and, and understanding that like he would want uh, us to be part of it and partner and share and do things, that itself is a grace, that itself is a gift, that itself is a reward, that itself is such a joy that he calls us. We need not look for anything else. I was just thinking that when we are part of a church, there are people involved in, wor- in the worship team today. We had Cindy and Ashar and Gaurav leading us. Like There are people involved in the maybe children's ministry, the PA team, the social work team. And sometimes we are thinking, Lord, I'm doing all this. What am I getting? <laughs> sometimes that, that's what uh, our nature. What am I getting? I'm making all the sacrifices, you know, giving my time, my energy, my gifts. When we look at this aspect, we can only say, Lord, what a privilege that you've given me this opportunity to participate. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Now, when we look at our lives also, we can also sometimes say, Lord, I'm serving you full time. You know, full time I'm serving you for all these years. I'm sure you have great things in store for me. We can only come to a place of worship and say, Lord, thank you for having chosen me to serve in your kingdom. That itself is the most precious gift and reward that you've chosen me 
and you've given me the opportunity to work in the vineyard, work in your kingdom, being grateful uh, to that. So that's what let me understand. You know, I was uh, uh, sometime back listening uh, to the song, uh, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, you know, Waymaker. Uh, so uh, I, but uh, the person who was leading the song, uh, he shared his testimony before he kind of like sang this song. And he was just saying that like he came from a broken home and uh, his mother was looking after him. And one of the days, like uh, they were told that the next day they were supposed to move out of that home and they didn't know where they're going to live. The next day they would be out on the roads. They didn't know what they're going to do, where they're going to go. And he was saying that that night he heard some sobs, cries from his mother's room. And so he quietly goes in uh, to see you know, what has happened. Obviously, she would be in pain. But as he kind of like goes near uh, the door of his mother's room and kind of sees her, he sees her kneeling on the bed. And she is you know, crying out to God, but those are not cries of pain, but she's thanking God for taking care of them all these years. She's just thanking God for his faithfulness, for his provision, for leading them, guiding them, you know, meeting all their needs. And he realizes those were not cries of pain, but those were cries of gratitude. And he realized that you know, his mother had that faith to believe that even at this point of time, God will continue to provide, even though they do not know tomorrow where they're going to stay. So just that aspect of knowing, it's not about what we have, like, you know, and and all the answers to the prayers. Yes, we know, you know, that there is a place for all that. But more than all that, to just know that God is with us. We're secure in him. His unconditional love is upon us. That is a much greater value. He will not abandon us. He will lead us. He is our father. And uh, you know, so it's such a great privilege to be part of his kingdom. And for him to, for us to have that value, to understand, you know, to have that security, he gave his son for us to just realize that. So uh, God's reward is the privilege uh, to work. And the third aspect uh, that we want to, uh, just learn this morning is that God's truth provokes our natural thinking. It provokes our natural thinking. God's heart is for all people. So may we be people, even in these difficult times, not just look at ourselves. Just as Christ left his heavenly throne and came down and lived in the midst of us so that we may find a place in his kingdom, in his family, that our heart also would be for all people. May we also just understand that, uh, you know, it's not about the reward, but it's the privilege to work, to belong. That is the gift that God has blessed us with. And third aspect, God's truth provokes our natural thinking. Uh, It says in verse 14 to 16, take your pay and go. I want to give the one who who was hired last the same as as I gave you, don't I have the right to do what I want to want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? And we know this uh, famous verse. So the last will be first and the first 
will be last. And so God's economy is different from our economy. He provokes our natural self-seeking, fair and humanistic thinking. And so sometimes like, you know, when we live in these difficult times, we tend to think in, in the most natural ways. And so he challenges us with his lavish, extravagant, unconditional and unreasonable heart of grace for people, even in these difficult times. So so for those people uh, to understand and to know, those people who are grumbling that it is not because, you know, the owner found them, them worthy that he was, they were called. As unworthy as they were, they were called into his kingdom. And so similarly, as unworthy as we were, we were called into the kingdom of God. And so we need to be just grateful uh, to God for that. So in a sense, like they were feeling like losers. That's not like they felt that they've, they've borne the heat of the day and they should have got more. They felt like a loss. But Jesus is saying, you know, uh, if you feel, you know, that's not the right way to think. And so the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Okay. So I just want to say this uh, to us that when we feel a sense of loss, like, you know, when you feel a sense of loss, when, you know, when God has given us a privilege to, you know, be part of his kingdom, when we feel a sense of loss, then this statement will be true. The first shall be last. But when we see a real gain in the midst of a seeming loss, then I would say the first shall be first only. The first shall be first. Why? So, because when we look at Jesus, he saw a gain in the cross, which was actually a loss and a curse. He saw gain. He saw gain for people like us. And so, He became the name above all names, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was and is and is forever. So he became first all the way because he saw again, even in the loss. That's what, you know, our Lord Jesus is. And that's the way Jesus won the hearts of people. And even now, through us, he's winning the hearts of people around him. So we need a different kind of a love towards others, a love that is yeah, seemingly unfair, unconditional, unreasonable, unexpectant, you know, unjust. Otherwise, we'll find it difficult to draw people uh, to Christ. So we are asking our Lord, help me uh, to grow you know, in this aspect of having your lavish love towards people uh, around me. So that's the kingdom mindset. A kingdom mindset is a heart of the father, which is about, you know, seeking him. So in these days, like he's urging us again, shaking us, shaking all the things that we could have put our security in. And so that like we would seek him alone, having a heart for all people, so that people will not destroy their lives. We'll be agents of life. 
agents of restoration in the world that he's caused us to live. Even in, this, in these difficult times, we'll not think about ourselves, but think about others. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be given to you as well. Realizing that the true reward is in him, is in him, belonging to him, being part of his kingdom and growing in unconditional uh, generosity. I just read, uh, to just close uh, this morning, I just read about uh, this particular uh, violinist. His name was uh, Fritz Chrysler. You know, he was an Austrian violinist, very famous person. And uh, uh, he had like composed kind of like music and he had kind of played in various concerts, amassed a lot of money, but he was a very generous person. He just gave it all away. And so in one of his concerts, uh, he just saw a very exquisite violin on one of his trips. Like, and he wanted to have that particular violin. So he went to the owner and asked for the price. And the price was exorbitant. Like, you know, so he couldn't buy that. So uh, he wanted to then collect money to buy that particular violin. So over the years, he you know, collected money. And then he went to the owner to buy the violin. But the owner said he has sold it to someone else. And so, you know, Chrysler goes to this person and says, would you be willing to sell this violin? And this man said, I'm not going to part with this violin. I really love this uh, piece. So he was very dejected. Uh, and as he was about to leave, uh, a thought just came into his mind. And so he turned back and asked this owner, can I just play the violin you know, for a few minutes before kind of I give it to you and then make my way? And so the man was very happy. And so he took the violin and he played some music. And the music just filled that entire place. So much so that this man who was the owner was extremely touched. And so as Chrysler was about to leave, this man called him and said, Chrysler, I have no right to keep that to myself. It's yours, Mr. Chrysler. Take it to the world and let the people hear it. That's what he said. So as, as we just close, I want to just say, that the seed of the kingdom has been sown into each of our lives. It's too precious to keep it to ourselves. We need to take it out into the world and let the people hear it so that they would also be able to step into the kingdom of God. So may we live as his ambassadors. May we live with his mindset and drawing people you know, into his kingdom, into his love, into his worship. God bless you.